Eight Midwest cities cold in its damn. <laughs> and all the people dress like militia men. <laughs> Let's leave Tulsa to the Cherokee. <laughs> that city's a little too rugged for you and me. members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random followed by another that's a cover it's Wheel of Randy Well if you don't be my little woman and I won't buy you a dog on Hey, it's Real Randy, the number one Randy Newman podcast in the world and Canada. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. If you're new to the show, you should probably follow us on Twitter. Go to the pinned tweet and there will be an episode guide. That way, when we talk about a certain song, it's easier for you to pause the podcast and listen to the song that we have in mind. All of links to everything up there. So go to Twitter, at Wheel of Randy, go to the pinned tweet, and that'll get you to where you need to go. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering, and that's it, let's start the show! It's Wheel of Randy! Folks, we got Abby Crutchfield today, say hello, Abby. Woo, hi Dan, thanks for having me. Abby is one of my favorite Twitter followers. She posts really great stuff. And then I was going through her her feed and I realized almost everything that she retweets, I ended up liking without even realizing it's coming from her. <laughs> you and I have just got great, great mutual taste. So. Synergy. Yeah. And boy, that's, that's a rare thing. Uh, Abby is a comic out of Brooklyn. That's right. And a very excited about your project with Hulu that you had last year. Tell, tell us about that. I host Up Early Tonight. It's now streaming on Hulu. It's a late night talk show by moms for moms, but I have a lot of non-mom friends who enjoy it as well. It's just a funny late night show. It starts with some monologue. We throw it to a panel featuring some popular comedians you might know and love, Ophira Eisenberg, Esther Seinberg, and Amina Imani. And then we have interspersed with sketch. Uh, we cap off the show with some stand-up. It's uh, very cathartic for parents, but it's also just funny because it's super irreverent and real and down to earth. So it's called Up Early Tonight. I host it. Watch it on Hulu. My wife thought this was such a brilliant concept because she uh, was thinking back to days when she was up at, at two or three, you know, <laughs> feeding yes. the baby. And, uh, and I, I asked her, and this was in the late 90s early zeros what did you watch at three in the morning and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah infomercials for sure headline news back when there was <laughs> such a thing as headline news yeah infomercials definitely are what i'm used to searching seeking out and they now in the age of cable you can certainly find like an old uh andy griffith episode or something but but I was just get sucked into like, even, even if it wasn't about a gadget that you needed, if it was just about a coin collection, I'd be like, wow, commemorative coins are so mesmerizing. <laughs> the, uh, 
You just Sizzles. turn them slowly. It's very, I think I was groomed by uh, Price is Right, the way people like delicately fondle <laughs> boxes of rice yeah, aroni. <laughs> yeah. It's so soothing to me. So just watching a now, close up of fingernails touching coins was good. I was like, this is lovely. Are you old enough to remember Wheel of Fortune when they had to buy stuff at the end of every round? <laughs> Wait a minute, buying a vowel? No, I don't no. think I do remember okay. that. What happened? Okay, it didn't used to be uh, you won cash. Uh, if you solved the puzzle and you had $2,000, you had to buy $2,000 worth of crap from their uh, <laughs> sh- showcase. And it was oh, always no. stuff like uh, a ceramic Dalmatian for $75. And- <laughs> the prices would be outrageous and you couldn't haggle. Um, no. I remember a show that was geared towards kids that was a game show. And at the end, they would have the prizes that you could potentially win all on display. So it sounds like the setup that you're describing where it's like, well, let's cut to the prizes you can have. And there would always be like a, a huffy bike, but then there would be, I don't know, just like doodads that you didn't need, but it was all lumped together in a little soundstage. Yeah, they would, uh, you know, they put those in the back of, you know, comic books or the back of Boy's Life, all of this. just. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think I would like that version of Wheel of Fortune because I love the opportunity to have a shopping spree. Oh, it, my it is. Oh, my dogs are going nuts, too. And we're doing this at noon on Saturday, which means that the tornado sirens just went off. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be funny if you're absolutely listening. my favorite part of having people from out of town come visit me. I don't tell them, hey, we test the tornado sirens on Saturday. Right. They just immediately start picturing Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz exactly. and they, they hide under your bed. Um, so, yeah, if, you're, if your listeners didn't know about Wheel of Fortune, they wouldn't understand Wheel of Randy. Does it have to do oh, with Wheel I of Fortune? Not. not not really. I I just like it when people shout Wheel of Randy. <laughs> that was the first thing I did when I saw you. <laughs> and I, I think that's because of UHF when they did Wheel of Fish. That tickled me so much as a kid. That I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, crowds cool. chanting in unison is always a fun thing. Yeah, but we'll spin the wheel here in, in a, a little while and and uh, see see what kind of random song comes up. Sure. Now, you're Randy from the, song. Randy song. Yeah. You're from the Midwest too, right? I'm yeah, I meant to say that a long time ago when you asked if I'm hailing from Brooklyn. I've been in Brooklyn for 15 years, so I feel like a New Yorker, but I uh, was born and raised in Indianapolis, Indiana. You ever get back? Oh yeah, twice a year. I have all my family back there, so and I have a, a toddler now, um so she's she's got to see her cousins and stuff. So we oh. definitely trek out there for family time. But I don't go out there for sightseeing because I grew up and did all the things that you a tourist can do so even the 500 I'm just like yeah all right okay (laughs) you haven't been to Indianapolis for a long time you get back what's the first restaurant you've got to hit you know what I want to do now because there are always new restaurants now I always tell myself I'm gonna look up to see what the buzz is what's new out here so but my favorite things to hit up are pizza king it's a very small pizza chain that chops up their pepperoni and serves it on a, I want to say, yeah, a thin crust pizza. So that's my jam. And then, and they cut it, they don't cut it in pie slices, like little triangles. They cut it in rectangles, even if the pizza is round. And uh, my husband likes to hit up Skyline Chili. So I guess we're big fast food people when it comes to the Midwest. I don't know anybody from the Midwest who who isn't (laughs) nostalgic for fast food. Exactly. There there is one sushi place here in town that that, 
even when I go to the coast, when I come back, it's like, okay, no, I like my sushi, Nico. They oh, know, nice. They are know you, me. So, Where are you located? I'm in Oklahoma City. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. See, I've never been there, so I don't know what the cool stuff is. But, I mean, yeah, if you want to be cosmopolitan, there's a downtown. There's a bustling area. There are all different kinds of cultural foods. You don't just have to stick with grease and cheese. But uh, <laughs> but I usually hit up, yeah, the, the comfort foods first. All right. Uh Let's talk about your stand-up because I, you've got tons of of I, I hate to say content. Oh, that oh that I hate that word. But there, there's tons <laughs> of your, your stuff online, and it seems like you've you've done a really good job keeping active during quarantine. Uh, has has that been has that been a big shift for you, or did that something that, that transitioned naturally? Oh, I think my career was impacted to a degree for sure. I mean, just how, you know, daily I would be, I was used to getting on the train and going into the city to audition um, regularly and then shoot things or perform live. And that wasn't happening. And also in the beginning of the pandemic, we were trying to figure out what is the quality of a virtual show? Is it something audiences want? Is it something that the producers that made normal live shows are all now getting into, or is it something, is it a wild west of people who've never tried comedy before just trying to be online? So there was a mix of both. It was like slowly the comedy club owners started to get on board about performing, you know, having requirements for their shows so that it would mimic the feel of a live show as best you can, but you're still not getting the feedback in as real time. You're not getting the same ambiance. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like watching the ballet in, the theater versus watching, you know, the Nutcracker on your TV screen. It's just not as uh, electric, but I, it was a saving grace because it helped me to keep writing jokes and to keep engaging and pe keep uh, putting on jeans instead of uh, sweatpants so that I could still <laughs> kind of try to fit into them. Although I won't, I won't lie. I think a steady diet of pizza rolls as a second dinner each night has definitely changed my my wardrobe a little it's but, weird how that happens i don't mm -hmm. understand <laughs> but uh yeah my friend told me to stop calling them vices and she's just like uh you're just coping it's called coping it it, it it's 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 survival mode time so uh -huh. that, that's all right <sighs> is it yeah it's it day i don't even know if it's day drinking when it's like the first thing you do in the morning i think then it's <laughs> Then it's well, something else, but I call it brunch. If you eat food at the same time as you're having alcohol in the morning, that's just brunch, baby. Yeah, that's classy. You know, and you know, <laughs> anything can be a mimosa if you, you know, just <laughs> a twist the definition a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So, so anyway, back to the career. Um, and, you know, and auditions were slowing down. I mean, if it's hard to think back to that original you know, a few months, but it was very scary. So people weren't just trying to figure out how to adapt. They were trying to figure out how to survive. So, you know, as the adaptation period set in, um, you know, like some auditions were coming in and I was, you know, buying more equipment to work from home to try to record and audition that way. And um, yeah, it seems like slowly as things open and people get vaccinated, there are more opportunities. And obviously there still has been content that we see on our streaming channels, you know, like my show got shot in a period of a few days with a lot of PPE and, and safety. So, so yeah, I mean, there people are still trying in entertainment to keep people entertained, which is yeah. good. It's, I found that the trickiest thing is, when, when I'm watching a, a, a Zoom show or what have you, it's like, oh, this feels like work. I've been doing this all day. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So it, yeah, it, and I, you have people to have, seriously. Yeah, people have been, been really, 
I, I really appreciate when, when people have been over backwards to, to give us something especially, especially good because you're so limited by the format. True, do you, true. Do you see, well, let's talk about the after times. Do you sure. see yourself touring again? Oh, Someday. yes. I'm not scared to. Yes, I'm not scared to be out in the world again. In fact, I look forward to it. It's really so soothing once you're finally set foot on stage um, and, you know, there's an audience that's smiling at you, waiting to see what you have to say. I mean, that's a that's that's a happy place. So to get that again is nice. Now, there's the other side of comedy, which is like you don't really click with all audiences and not all shows are the same caliber. So there's that to deal uh-huh. with, which is always unfun and a commute and travel, travel logistics. And, but, um, but the initial fear of I'm going to contract a deadly disease. If I try to pr- further my career is I think dissipating. I'm just dropping all kinds of big words on you today. Yes. I'm very dissipating. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I only leave enough time between my big words for people to use a, a dictionary or a thesaurus and try to, See what I could have said. <laughs> she talking about, oh, okay. She means go away. Got it. I'm seeing more and more. I saw it this summer. You know, here, I don't know what it's like in day-to-day life for you, but in, in this part of the country, people are not taking this seriously. Uh, oh yeah. Her- that part's, that part's upsetting. Yeah. And so I'm seeing a lot of, <sighs> How do I put this politely? I'm seeing a lot of comics get stage time and they're comics that don't have my best well-being in mind. Of course. Like, I don't want I don't want that kind of personality to to have an advantage to, for them to have a year on everybody else. <laughs> well, they won't last long in the game, I can tell you that. I mean the the trick to having a career in comedy is to stay in it. And try to do everything you can to stay in it and get better. You don't want to stay in it forever and not change at all. So if you're working on yourself and you're not leaving, then eventually your hard work pays off and, you know, your caliber shines through. Like your, the quality of your work, I mean, shines through. So yeah. that you don't have to worry about people who are new that aren't taking it seriously or people who are not, you know, enforcing safety precautions like even before um before we had to worry about who was packing people into buildings and potentially spreading coronavirus we were worried about who's letting um you know alleged predators in to perform for these people and making it unsafe for other comedians who want to grow in the game so i mean there's always going to be you have to weigh your pros and cons of where you want to perform um and then if you it's really hard when all the doors feel closed, but then you open your own doors for yourself. So comedy is one of the really nice businesses that it's, it's kind of like having your own business, which is funny. Cause I always say, I don't ever want to have my own business. I watch way too much Shark Tank and it always looks too harrowing, <laughs> but when you're an entertainer, you are your business. So, you know, you're kind of, you keep the lights on by keeping yourself engaged in, in, in it. So don't get discouraged by those weirdos. Dan, you'll be okay. Oh, I wasn't worried about myself. I've, I've found the, the key to my successful comedy career is to have a day job and to only do it for half an hour a week and, <laughs> and only perform to my very safe open mic. The my same- key is to dream about it and, and kill in my dreams every single time. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, me that's me with exercise i'm like i just think about how much i exercise and how good i could look and 
<laughs> and I get too tired to do the real thing. I'm like, oh, that was good. That was yeah, good yeah that's, all, that's, that's all I need. So <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you having a little more skin in the game than me. <laughs> hey, I mean... I don't, I don't even think of that as it's like everybody has a trade-off. It's the same reason I'm not an astronaut. <laughs> One, I'm not qualified, but two, the prospect scares me. So it's kind of like, I'm not beating myself up over why am I not an astronaut? It's because uh, I know what I want and what I don't want, what it feels to me and what doesn't appeal to me about that life. I, I love that old uh, Mitch Hedberg joke about riding in a cold air balloon. I'm scared of heights and I don't want to leave here. So. <laughs> Right. Uh, how is motherhood treating you in this wild well, time? Thanks for asking. Motherhood's great. I have a three-year-old daughter and we, she has been the focus of the pandemic for me. So she aged between two and three that whole year. So she went from not even saying full sentences and being completely pudgy and adorable to, you know, being her own person and having opinions and disagreeing a lot and still needing guidance and love. Yeah. And so you know, that was enough to think about, honestly. So I didn't have time to worry about who was having conspiracy theories or who was ruining uh, our country with their administration. Although that was a great relief when we no longer had, when we changed over presidents for me, that changed a lot, I think, at least it, in potential. It really did. I, uh, a, a weight off of my shoulders. For sure. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It just, yeah, just the reprieve from hearing about the same news over and over again. It was like Groundhog Day, but worse. It was just like every day was sadder. Um, so, so getting to focus on her and watch her grow has been really amazing. I think absent of a pandemic, it would have been amazing anyway, but I probably would have been a little bit busier with work. So getting to be home and kind of juggle work with her from home was, uh, has been great. One of, the, one of my favorite things about that age, and I can safely look back fondly my youngest is 20 so nice all i remember is the good times now so i can <laughs> can, can can reminisce with with plenty of delusion uh, I, i'm setting the best myself, way i'm setting myself up for for grandparent status <laughs> all, all, right. only the fun stuff. But only one of my, being the good one of my favorite things about that for going on five age is starting to um to watch something with them that they're experiencing for the first time, something that you love that mm -hmm. they get to see for the first time. Oh, but that's nice. It's just, it's just such a great feeling to, to, to get to see things and, and hear things with, with a fresh perspective. That's, Absolutely. Oh, it's so much fun. I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anything I've done like that. I mean, they're certainly introducing her to everything and watching her experience it for the first time is fun. And it makes me go, oh yeah, I should pay attention to how yummy ice cream tastes too, instead of just you know, <laughs> eating it while staring at a wall. Um, I think, uh, but, but I also recognize that her tastes are different from mine. And so I don't want to have too high of expectations of showing her home alone, let's say around right. Christmas and being like, now this is funny. And her being like, I don't understand why. <laughs> where did his family go? Like, that's what she does. She just asks questions all the way through. Uh -huh. um, she hasn't seen that movie yet, but just like that, I could see her just, you know, taking all the fun out of it for me because she's missing whatever it was I got about it. So we'll see, but I'm sure. And now that you've said it, it's going to happen. I can't wait till that happens. Oh yeah. When, 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 when that part of the brand develops, it's really something special. <laughs> what do kids listen to these days? What's kids music? I mean, I know. My, my, my kid kids. is crazy for certain certain folk singers or like baby baby singers like they're like ours. I mean, my generation had had Raffi for children's songs, Sharon Lowe's and Bram. Right. Besides just regular, you know, you've got a Maria and the Sound of Music 
singing, you know, musicals, like grew up on musicals too. But, um, but right now uh, I think there's like a cool trendy vibe where it's like original songs by very talented musicians. One man or group in particular is Casper baby pants. And another woman is Vered and V E R E D. I'm just spelling it out. So people will look her up. And Lisa Loeb is killing it with the kids songs. She has so many albums that are, that I will rock out to. I had no idea. Wow. She's killing it. And so, yeah. So, and, and I haven't discovered if there are any people of color who are making children's songs and maybe in other countries or different cultures there are in different languages, but that's my next thing I need to explore because I need more than just folk music or happy jaunty tunes. It's like kind of a soft rock vibe. I would like some hip hop, some rap, but fun, you know, besides yeah. Hamilton. Hamilton's yeah. a great kids love Hamilton it doesn't matter what age they are they just skip over the concepts they don't understand and they just sing the hook too, too bad the fourth word in it is bastard but <laughs> what can you but she doesn't all of it it's so heavy that whole album is heavy but she misses all of it and she's just like, the room where it happened she just loves to say the room where it happened yeah oh my gosh I am so I, I it's I, about murder the whole thing's about murder <laughs> subterfuge corruption murder I, I, betrayal we, we got in a, a lot of trouble when my daughter was seven or eight uh is when uh chicago came out and so she's going around doing the <laughs> cell block tango and we're getting complaints from the pta <laughs> why why That's is great. your daughter talking about screwing the milkman I said, oh yeah we're, we're sorry about that that just we, if it we, helps, she yeah, up on that. you're like, if it's any consolation, she has a, no idea what we're talking about. She, I knew I didn't know what stuff meant when I would repeat it as a kid. I would tell dirty jokes on the playground because it got a reaction, but I had no idea what I was talking about. I remember I took one home that I heard at school on the playground. I brought it home to my mom. The, the punchline was, or are you, is that something in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? And she was like, do you even know what that means? And I'm like, no. But I knew that once she was like, you're not telling those jokes at the table again. I'm like, oh, okay. All, All right. right. Yes. Yeah. But I yeah. didn't bother learning why it was so offensive. I just was like, okay, I'm not allowed to do that one. Yeah, you know, I, I was in that boat. I was, I was the youngest of six. So I'm four years old and they're all playing Cheech and Chong and they don't realize I'm picking it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know the youngest of a group of kids probably oh, is, grows up the fastest by accident, but it's funny because the baby is still the most dependent person. So I you know, still allow yourself I, to be innocent for a very long time. I, it's the best the youngest <laughs> in a big group. It's uh, it's, it's magic. It really is. I get away with anything. <laughs> Paradoxically, the oldest is the most sheltered and still is like, takes on the most responsibility. So like my, my, uh, I have an, I just have my, one kid. My middle siblings who are listening just went, eh. Oh, really? Oh yeah. They had to pull their weight. Okay. Well, you know, it, I'm sure it varies in a big family. I'm just in a household yes. of two myself. I grew up with, as the baby with one older sister. So it was yes. very much that, that old uh, dynamic of firstborn, most responsible, dutiful, and then secondborn can't tie her own shoes kind of thing. Carry me is my catchphrase still to this day. <laughs> Carry me somebody. We'll all get carried someday. I know. Yeah, I'll get my wish. <laughs> well, I'll see me in a nursing home. <laughs> but I'll be like looking. Someone's like lifting me off my bed to give me my sponge bath. And I'm just proudly smiling like Bob De Niro. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, we made it. Pretty good. <laughs> I did it. 
Well, here's a part of the show, Abby. This is tricky. This is mm-hmm. a part called Second Chances. Our pod is a part of Second Chances. Great. And I introduced this part about a month or two ago because I realized that the reason that I got so into Randy Newman is because I had to give him a second chance. He's someone I blew off as a kid and as a uh-huh. young adult. But when I got into it eight or t- nine years ago, I was like, oh, all those wasted years, I could have been listening to this. <laughs> you so know, my- I feel that way about Billy Joel. I, I didn't discover go. him. I you're, didn't discover him until way late. You're two steps ahead of me. My question and, was, oh, who's you your one? second chance? Well, hang on. Let me just finish this thought. But I haven't, but I'm not there yet with Elvis Costello. Like I still, he's, he's my next one I need to tackle and be like, I should probably look into him because some people just love his voice and his choice and probably Springsteen. I don't know a thing about like his lyrics, but they really, they hit home to people. So, so to answer your question, who was my second chance? Yeah. It definitely was Billy Joel, who I heard about all through high school, all my peers in high school, when he would roll through Indianapolis or something, they'd be like, oh my gosh, concert tickets, my parents went and he's so cool. You know, they would just be trying to be adult like their parents. Uh And and he didn't, he didn't resonate with me. And I had seen him, you know, when you see commercials for the Grammys or something, and I knew of him and I'm sure we had a hard rock cafe open up or Planet Hollywood where, you know, I was exposed to his image and and Chrissy, um, what was his former wife? Christy, Christy Brinkley. Brinkley. Nah, yeah. not yeah. I think he Turlington. Who was she? She was another supermodel. Yeah, so Christy on. Brinkley. And um, and so I knew of her because I had MTV, you know, you know these yeah. rock and rollers. But the when I I started paint I I when I moved to New York, I was in my 20s and I took up painting because that was my hobby for fun. And I I decided to listen to music while I painted for the very first time ever, because any other time had been in school where it was just classroom vibes. And so I don't know how I came across his album, but I listened to it and every song took me on a journey. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, wow, there's so much to this song. He was so talented. And then they were so catchy, you know? Yeah. I I really wore out that, that greatest hits. That was, that was, that's probably the one that was the tape in my Walkman uh, bunch. And uh, so, but what did it mean to you as a kid when you weren't, you didn't have like, you know, big shot, and you're not going to big parties and you're not crashing your car anywhere. Like, what did that song mean to you? I, I think what it meant to me was this was something that my mom listened to that mm. uh, I could listen to without the kids making fun of me. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. if I, it, and, you know, we could get into mom rock all day. If I'm going around listening to, you know, Bonnie Tyler, I can't exactly tell the other kids at school that but if <laughs> but if i'm if i'm doing billy joel all right that's yeah it's there, a great there's point. something about this kid that isn't weird so. for sure i'm yeah my mom actually introduced me to billy joel now that i think about it but that was again when i was ignoring him she got my sister had asked for a mariah carey cd for christmas and she unwrapped a cd and we thought it was going to be that one and it was billy joel <laughs> <laughs> and, and it had um we didn't start the fire on it it was a great album Oh my goodness. But we. <laughs> okay, quick timeout. It's like 101 Dalmatians. So pretty much. Passing messages along. Be right back. Sure. Just talking. Okay, so you up that was, um, that was uh That was funny. Do you just have one dog or I thought I heard two? I have two dogs, but what you were hearing there was my grand puppy. <laughs> my. 
and he just ah, he sounded he i was picturing a basset hound what is he all i know is he's about 60 pounds and, okay. Ooh, and has, has has fur like a mink just the <laughs> softest dog ever it's just beautiful he's, beautiful he's, he's so sweet so when my yes so my sister opened up the cd thinking it would be mariah carey and it was billy joel and all we saw at the time was that it just looked like music for my mom and it and it was it was it was actually pretty cool much later but at the time it was kind of like man <laughs> who's this guy his one record that i think has really stood the test time is songs in the attic do you know that one oh well name some name some titles off of it uh, it, it was um say goodbye to hollywood mm. uh, i love these days no, wow, I have more, dis- more to discover from this man. Yeah, basically, it was a concert record that he put out because he hated his first three records so much. Oh, my. He's like, I'm going to take the good stuff off of the first three and just put them on, on, on a concert album. And so nice. it's, it, it's, it's young, scrappy, hungry Billy Joel. Ah, don't you love the young, scrappy, hungry phase of any entertainer? Yeah. Even myself. I liked, I liked how creative I was. I was very prolific with sketch characters and impressions and now i'm just like eh, that one doesn't feel like that would be fun like yeah who would see it anyway but at the time it was like i gotta get on snl so i would just try so many things and it was so fun to see yeah what would i come up with next i, I fell into the trap of falling out of favor with artists once they made it i was like no i should be happy for them <laughs> right <laughs> But, it's yeah. easy to judge. It's so easy for us. We're the listeners, you know, we're the audience. We don't yeah. make the content, so it's easy to go. Eh. I would do it differently. Yeah. I don't even know how to play piano. I took piano for four years. But uh, but yeah, but Billy Joel, he could probably play it backwards if he wanted to. And and drunk usually. It seems. Yeah. Hey, hey. And yeah. And I still can't judge because I can't do it. I can't do it half, half as good. So that's my second chance guy, Billy Joel. Cool. Abby, let's talk a little Randy. Tell Randy her- makes me happy to think about. I know nothing about his life. So I just like to picture him as a jolly, good fellow. He would probably appreciate that. I'm not sure how true it is. but he- is, he, is he problematic or is he not making any negative headlines these days? He's not problematic anymore. He went through his <laughs> problematic days in the okay. 70s and has mellowed <laughs> That's out. Fair. Quite hey, the 70s since. were a crazy time. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> He said that he spent four years uh, just sitting by his pool to the point that the gardener had to water around him. Oh, <laughs> wow, that's depressed. Yeah, he was, when, when, when you've got money and you've got early 80s levels of cocaine, <laughs> it's easy, I guess. To I, yeah, that. I'm sure. I'm sure you need it. You need everything to be a party. And if it's not, then it's probably feels, feels very bleak. Yeah. That's me trying to empathize, but I have really no idea what it's like. <laughs> so what song did you bring for us to talk about? Oh, let's see here. <laughs> I know that I wrote it down. The password is I love LA. <laughs> you've got a friend. Oh, I love it. I thought it was going to be you've got a friend in me because my daughter, that's the first song I list, I presented to her because it comes from Story Toy. Sure. Story Toy? I meant Story Toy. Toy Story. Wow, I didn't know Toy Story was a tongue twister until now. Hey guys, we're really going a mile a minute this episode. I didn't even have time to stop and say, go listen to I Love LA. This is the first track off of Trouble in Paradise. Once you've listened to that, we will be right back. 
I love LA. Uh, I feel like I have this weird memory that I don't know if it's true or if I just watched too much 80s movies and then it became my my memory. But when I was 13, for sure, we traveled to Los Angeles for the first time on the way to Hawaii. My mom, single mom of two, uh, got work in Hawaii doing some medical auditing. She was auditing hospital bills and a random hospital came up and, you know, it's hard for that. It's hard for anybody to take a, a gig that far away, but we were, my sister and I were at a great age to travel. So she kind of mixed it into a business vacation so she could do work. Nice. It was great. It was such a wonderful memory. And then on the way to Hawaii, we stopped off in Los Angeles. And I remember riding in a car, looking up at palm trees and my thing, by the way, from like in, in from middle school to high school was to anytime I couldn't drive was to sit in the backseat and look out the window and pretend I'm in a movie because I had seen so many scenes <laughs> of someone being driven away. You know, it's always some poignant part in the film where there's like a, a passenger side view of the person looking out the window in the car. And so, so I would do that. And, and it, and the music on the radio, as I recall, was I love LA by Randy Newman playing as I looked up at palm trees. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. It was so perfect. So I don't know if I'm right or wrong about that memory or if, it's, if someone can remember what movie that came from, <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll stand down. But right now I believe that's how it lives in my mind. And, and, um, and I think that was my earliest introduction to him because he has such a distinctive voice. It's hard to miss it when you hear any other song by him. Well, I'm not sure if, if, if you're remembering from a, a movie or not, but you are pretty much describing the music video to this song. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's basically him and, and Maybe this... Maybe that's what I saw. It, it's him and, and this redheaded girl, and they're in this old Buick, and they're just driving around the palm trees. and Oh, the palm and, trees. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm, all... I'm looking it up. I'm calling it up on YouTube now so I can see if any of the imagery is mine or... <laughs> All, all these clips of, of, of the beach. Because and... it would be, you know what? See, I grew up in the 90s where you had, there was like a catchphrase in my neighborhood of, of our local station that's split, hey, split from, that played hits from the 80s, 90s, and today. And I always thought that was funny because it was still the 90s. So I didn't understand what today meant because we had not hit the millennium yet. It was not 2000. And so... I'm just trying to decide if it would have been realistic that I would hear that song playing. And I think so. I feel like a lot of, it wasn't just Indiana that was playing hits from the eighties or the seventies. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it yeah. was released in 83. So yeah. you would have still heard this in a car radio if you wanted to hit a rock stage. Yeah. You, this song has such a weird history because when it was released, released in 83, it went nowhere. Wow. And then when the, uh, the 84 Olympics started in LA, Nike picked it up as part of their ad campaign. Oh. And so all during the 84 Olympics, this song was on the air during the commercials. Very cool. And so it kind of got, got a life of its own. And then uh, you know, all the sports teams started picking it up. Like whenever the Dodgers win, this is the victory song. Oh, of course. Yeah, play, that makes sense. The Lakers all the time, that kind of stuff. And so it, it's, it's this, this song that went nowhere and has just snowballed in mm -hmm. the last gosh almost 40 years i wonder do you think it was one of the earlier songs that decided to do a love letter to a town or a state and then get it picked up commercially or do you think they knew that going in they're like oh once once commercials hear about this song they're gonna play it every time you you know sell this or that 
Well, you know, I feel like it's very, you have to be mindful of it now today. Everybody knows what they're doing when they sing a song to New York. Yeah, I think Randy was was real savvy about that because you know he'll sell his stuff to anybody. He's he's it's it's been in every jingle, every soundtrack. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he will retool it for whoever whoever's paying. Good. And, that probably means he owns the rights, right? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, he's made more off of that than I, only one of his albums ever even went gold. Uh, wow. That's, that's the record with short people on it. I love short people. That was the other song I was going to pick because <laughs> so, I don't understand it, but I'll save that for another episode. You probably have an episode on short people. Yeah, we do. That was <laughs> I'm going to okay, listen we... to it because I need to learn about <laughs> how he got away with breaking that song. It sounds very offensive. It's pretty bad. As offensive songs go, he's written way worse. Than... <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. Wow. Okay. I, I you know, tries to get away with it by saying, oh, I'm singing this song in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, are you getting a thrill out of being such a big hit on these <laughs> No, he is problematic. I knew it. Oh, yeah. I, Pre-white hair. Maybe white hair Randy's hair. not so bad. Yeah. 70s Randy. Uh, and, you know, boomers to this day will bend over backwards defending him of course yeah you have to understand in the context and and he didn't really mean it oh now i've got to look just look up every group every oppressed group he's slandered (laughs) well how much time do you have (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but uh, i love la like you said it's on the radio and it's got this iconic thing and it's in all these movies and it's got this this palm tree thing to it uh but yeah the lyrics to it are a lot more complicated i was uh, just looking them up it's funny I, that you i've got them, them in the chat window if you want great to uh-huh i see but there are a lot of if you talk to a native angelina mm-hmm. they'll say you know you know he's la royalty Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his grandfather was a 20th century fox. You know, it, oh, okay. it's just he is uh, the, the city personified. And so he has a lot of little things in this song that are uh, subtly making fun of, of L.A. The, the, the line that, that, that really stands out is, look at that bum over there. He's down on his knees. Mm. Um, just that's part of the scenery <laughs> to see mm. to see homeless people around. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's LA for you, baby. Um, Good row. And but then I've had people say, no, you know, he talks about the Santa Ana winds. And they say, any any from from California when they are Santa Ana winds, they know that means wildfires. Okay, blowing but, hot from the north. Yeah, yeah makes but sense. He's he's trying to make it part of this. Oh. That, that's la for you <laughs> and, and then at, at the very end he starts doing these shout outs to to street century boulevard victory boulevard sixth street and apparently those were like in the 80s the high crime areas in la these were these were places you did not want to be driving in a, a, a convertible buick yeah but, but that doesn't matter to the, the fans of this song, especially the Los Angeles fans of this song, they're like, oh, yeah, we're not a perfect city, but we're going to own it. 
Sure. It's well, like, that's that's everybody who loves their town. They oh, know yeah. what's wrong with it. Only, but only get, they get to complain about it. <laughs> exactly. Only I get to make fun of Oklahoma. Some New York comic <laughs> doesn't. I'm like, oh, hold on. I'm going to bring out my Will Rogers anthology and we're going <laughs> to show you what it's really like. But, you know, I can make fun of my legislature. And what have you. Of course, of course. Because so, you have to, you know why? Because you have to put up with it. You know, it's like you're the one. I wouldn't say stuck there, but you're the one who's committed to the place. So of course you can, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in a marriage, you know what your spouse's shortcomings are, but you don't want anybody else to point them out. It's like, excuse me, you're, this is not your ride or die. Yeah. So he's, he's owning it here and pointing out all these, these you know, kind of underbelly things. Sure. Um, and then you have the line that says, everybody's very happy because the sun is shining all the time. Looks like another perfect day. I mean, that's the part you can't get away from. Even people who haven't been there say that about it. <laughs> like, you must love the sun. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. I lived there for a period of a few months for uh, a couple of years to shoot a show. So I got to, I got my, I got to adjust to the uh, three hour commute, you know, just being stuck on all the different highways, creeping at 10 miles an hour and and seeing way too many donut shops and, you know, seeing the poverty. And I would avoid like the very ritzy neighborhoods, but I drove through Beverly Hills a little bit. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I think every major city in the United States is fun to learn about. I love the video for this. Uh, this, You know, this is 83. So it's early, early, you know, time in, in music videos, but He's, you know, just driving around town with this girl, and she could not be more bored. <laughs> I see her face through this entire thing. She's, I, she's got sunglasses on. She's looking around, but at the very, very end, she cracks a smile. <laughs> it's like I am too cool to be a part of this. I like the line says, uh, "I'm rolling down the Imperial Highway with a big nasty redhead at my side. Who wants to be cast as the big nasty redhead? She's cute though." Yeah, nasty in the Janet Jackson sense. Yeah, and there are lots of elements to this video that are very early '80s. It's got that Miami Vice, uh, the twenty butts that you see in cool. the clip string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a row. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's '83. I never saw anybody in a bikini and roller skates except on film. And I've, I lived like near Venice beach, so I should have seen it. Oh, I just assumed that was real life. You're, yeah. you're really, yeah. There, there goes that. <laughs> I know. So creepy though, to think of the person who, who came up with it creatively. Like, you know what we need, you know yeah. what people want to see. Yeah. <laughs> They're just talking about themselves. And, and say, Big, long this'll, butts. <laughs> this will be good for your career. Come on. <laughs> oh and then the young ladies that went through you know it's i don't know nothing has changed really i have this theory that like people don't change all that much decade to decade even though we like to poke fun at previous decades it's like it all comes back around and you know what passed for cool then passed for cool because it wasn't happening the year before or the decade before so you know we can joke about bikinis and roller skates but what they have before that just like uh let me try to think feathered hair also roller skates and that they, just had, they just had jean shorts and roller skates. We got yeah. bikinis and roller skates now. I think my favorite thing about this song, Abby, is that so much of it is vague. And he will 
tell you to this day, well, it's subject to interpretation. So people <laughs> outside of LA see it as uh, he's making fun of it. People in LA say, yeah, this is our thing. We love it. And they're singing the chorus. It, it's almost like, you know, one of those misunderstood songs, like, you know, born in the USA being this patriotic anthem. Ah. Like, ah, no, you're not really. You know, I told you, I got to lo- look into uh, Springsteen. People love him for a reason, so. Yeah, that's such a bleak song with such a catchy chorus. Born that, in a dead man's town, it begins. Woo. Yeah, like, but people think it's this patriotic rah-rah thing. It's like, eh, nope, nope, nope. Uh, but I, I love L.A. I, his subject to interpretation, that's for sure. <laughs> well, he loves it. He doesn't he, say you have to love L.A. Well, he loves the checks. <laughs> <laughs> he loves L.A. He loves his Silver Spoon upbringing. And the chorus says, we love it, too, because yeah. you're paying us. Th- this whole album, this whole album, Trouble in Paradise, you know, on the cover, he's on the beach. He's got this Hawaiian shirt, big grin on his face. But it is his darkest album. It's just all of this. Things are great on the surface and things are falling apart beneath. Hey, Dan, you ever think maybe he didn't love L.A.? Well, he had plenty of chances to move, and he never did. <laughs> Maybe that's why he resented it so much, because he's like, I, they, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in with these royalties. <laughs> Help. People keep throwing money at me. What am I supposed <laughs> he just to wanted do? to live a quiet life in OKC, but he just couldn't get away <sighs> well, from the fame. You know what? We are, we are the nation's best-kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. No, Here's the thing I learned about when they toured with stand up uh, is that you really need to spend a long time in a town to tell them apart because I would be there for four days, max, most likely two days and just see the same chains everywhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it could be, you know, the era in which I was touring, but it's just kind of like I don't get what is special about this town. And then when that was that was if I flew into town to do a gig and then flew back home. But it, when I went on tour with um, three of my friends, we did a whole coast, like from LA up to Seattle, Washington, or like we just do pockets of the United States. We toured for about five years, but for like a month at a time each year. And in that time, you could really see the charm of a town. We could see like, oh, this town uses small font on its street signs for some reason, you know, and this town has like in Baltimore, the the, the walk signal is extra tiny and cute. It looks like it's huh. made for a, a theme park. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Philadelphia has got those cobblestone streets sometimes. And you're just like, well, I've transported back to Ben Franklin days. So, yeah, I think uh, to really appreciate OKC, I'd have to be there for a long time and stay with a friend. You can't yeah. just stay in a hotel no, and feel like you know the town. You can't stay in a hotel. Yeah. If, if you were coming here, you'd have to go to the stockyards where all the, the cattle get uh, bought and sold uh, and it's wow. got this very old west vibe and nice. the, the the thing about about here and i think this is true for all all this all those mid-sized cities you know for us in indianapolis and all those mid-major cities mm-hmm. we're all trying so hard to be the big leagues <laughs> you know, we'll we'll dump a lot of money into revitalizing downtown and we'll dump a lot of money into quirky arts districts and stuff 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it, it's there if you put in the work. You know what I think towns should work on? And I don't, I'm not a city planner, but I think that if they made their focus eradicating homelessness and putting their funds and resources into that and improving education, then they could have a superlative that's all their own because the big cities don't, it's just like too overwhelming. So no matter how many, we probably have, you know, more programs per capita, but it's still not enough. You know what I mean? Because it's the city's so big. So that's what small towns need to do. And maybe small towns just have like one person. That's dumb. Small towns have many more people that are experiencing homelessness than just one guy. But still, it's like, honestly, if anyway, I just had a platform for a bit. Well, I've I've heard that who's done that well. And I haven't been. This is just me reading stuff. It's Salt Lake City. Cool. Salt Lake City has has said, we're going to put money into housing. And uh, if people whine about that, they whine about that. But we are going to house everybody. That's neat. And I mean, I, honestly, if I you can, it's, I think it's hard though. Cause like I said, I don't know how to do it, but you know, you'd have to eradicate some of that hierarchy, some of that class status structure. But, but honestly, if you could just distribute funds a little bit better, it seems like if you start in a smaller town and do it in a microcosm, you should, you should gradually, you know, figure out how to make it bigger. If they could put Starbucks in every town, can't they, can't capitalism solve that somehow? Yeah. Th- distribute I, the money differently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Salt Lake city. I'll try you. But if LA did that, then they'd have to rewrite the song. Yeah, the song wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, the bum would be in a dignified studio apartment. Hey, there's a lot of songs uh, probably by like Gershwin or something that I don't understand the lyrics now because (laughs) too much time has passed. So it can happen. You can evolve away from a lyric and still have the song exist. I was listening to Cole Porter. I was like, what does he mean when he's saying, I want to pitch the woo? (laughs) All right, I got to look this up. I was like, oh, I bet this is something dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I know, or or something sounds dirty today. Uh, There's a lyric, I'm trying to think. It's probably from like a Rolling Stones song where you're like, they couldn't have meant that, could they? But maybe they did because it was the Stones, you know? Maybe they did. But but just like how is that getting on the air and and you know and meanwhile other things are edited for for radio parental guidance the print the parents weren't guiding in the sixties and seventies. Eh, I turned out fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> Abby, it's time to spin the wheel. Let's do it. This is the dangerous part of the show, folks. You can play along at home if you go to our pinned tweet at Wheel of Randy. You can see. The big green wheel yourself and let's see what happens you see that wheel spinning we hang on yep i do right here here i am all right spin the wheel spin the wheel spin the wheel of randy stop red bandana no that song sucks we're spinning again <laughs> sounded cool stop what if I got it again? The girls in my life, part one. Okay. This, folks, this is off of his album, Born Again. So take a couple minutes, listen to the girls in my life, and we will be right back. And meanwhile, Abby and I are going to listen to this together. Downport Boulevard! We love it! Martin Luther King Boulevard! We love, love it! it. Just kidding, it's just called Boulevard up there. We love it! We love it! We love it! There is not a part two, by the way. What? Oh my goodness. It's kind of like when George Michael did Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1, and never did anything else. 
Pretty boy looks like the Joker. It looks like the source material for uh, Joaquin oh. Phoenix's Joker. My goodness. Oh, you, you got it. The, the, this album is, I, the album covers a Kiss parody. Gotcha. <laughs> but, it, but maybe Kiss was inspired by the Joker from Adam West's Batman. Yeah. You the never mustache know. On. Or the original comic that came before all of that. Uh, or clowns that came before comics. Oh, my goodness. Who knows? Who knows? Or, Marcel uh, Marceau is rolling over in his grave, upset that we're not acknowledging his contribution to oh Whiteface. And we are back. All's well that ends well. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, so many of his songs are songs about, you know, would-be ladies' men. You know, ah. Socially awkward guys who... Who don't quite get women. Gee, I wonder why I love this guy so much. Uh, but huh. this this song, you know, like like all of them, it's 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 subject to interpretation, and that's why I want to hear your first impression. What do you think of this guy, and what do you think of, of what he's saying? Well, at first I thought it was going to be a rundown of all the women that he has had that he slept with. But yeah. then I thought, well, maybe it's just people he's had crushes on. But then I think overall, now that I've watched the whole thing, it's about the arc of feeling rom- like having romantic feelings or desirable feelings in your life. And that's sweet. Everybody can relate to that. You yeah, know? I guess so. When he says, mate, my heart go tweet, 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 that's puppy love. Then the more exciting people that you see, you meet in exciting places. But he was there with his parents, so couldn't do yeah. anything about it. But, but you know. A girl talked to me. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was enough to keep him going. Now, the bakery girl, I can't quite figure out. She borrowed his car. She essentially played him. She borrowed his car, and then she murdered a man or, <laughs> or ran over a guy. We don't know what happened to Juan. And, uh, and then, you know, sometimes you got the crazy girls in your life. And then uh, he went to college. She, you know, he has seven women on his mind, I guess, as he's trying to say. I thought about multiple people at once. Can, I cannot figure out the seven. Because I, I count. Mm-hmm. We have the the short girl, the French girl, the bakery girl, the college girl, his wife. That's mm-hmm. five. That's five. Well, I was picturing it being, these are seven other ones. He's not even going to talk about it. He's just saying, also, there were seven other people. Because, you know, you go through, you <laughs> oh, go through people in your mind. Yeah, like that's the time in his life when it was like, oh, there was everybody. I dated, I dated, I dated. Yeah. But now I'm married. And then that's just half the story of the girls in my life. I guess the remainder is the uh, daughters, the granddaughters, the nurses that take care of you. I don't know. Oh, your real estate agent. Yeah, I, I'd wondered about that. I was like, are these girls after he's married? Is this just he's only telling us that I are, are, are the other half even more boring than the stories? You telling? stop. I mean, it could be his mom. It could be all the women who influenced him. It could be Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, yeah. women from afar who impacted him politically. Okay. You never know. It's just half the story. I love performing this song. Uh, this is always you know, in in my head. I'm doing a Randy one man show. That's <laughs> whether, fun. Whether it ever gets to, to real stage or not, who knows? But I always start with this song because, first of all, it's super easy to play, and it it, uh, it gets my gets my fingers warmed up. That's also, fun. You play piano? I do. Uh, cool. Not not as well as him. Uh, I, I like to say I play piano about as well as Randy sings. So, <laughs> do you um, imitate his voice though? You have to do the mimicry. 
Or do you just sing as Dan? Yeah, I just sing as me. That that nice. Joaquin Phoenix, Johnny Cash. Thing. Uh, make <laughs> that really makes me mad, though, in movies. I don't mind it at karaoke when you just be yourself. But in movies, when, like in the new Judy Garland movie, Renee Zellweger just dubbed her voice. It. It's, it's, it's a fine film. But, I mean, you know, watch it and decide for yourself. But one thing that I wish they would have done is just play Judy's voice because there's no, there's no imitating Judy's voice. So I don't know. And then I think uh, uh, there are other artists. I, I won't name all of them, but there are other artists that just decide to sing for themselves instead of the original person they're mimicking. And it's like, eh, that's. Do you know about Marnie Nixon? No. Okay. I, I grew up like you. I grew up in a musical household. Marnie Nixon was whoever Hollywood would hire when they couldn't afford the original artist wow or when talented they, or when they uh brought in a uh, an actress who couldn't sing like uh, <laughs> my fair lady audrey hepburn can't sing a note so that's oh, marnie nixon you're okay and she that's sounds, really cool talent she sounds like julie andrews and she kind of looks like julie andrews okay but she was the affordable julie andrews sure i mean <laughs> she was laughing all the way to the bank i bet oh yeah and so w- when i grew up uh, in Seattle, uh, mm-hmm. she hosted a children's show. And I was so confused because I was like, <laughs> Ju- I know Julie Andrews is a big star. Why is she doing local network children's <laughs> TV? I do not know as Marnie Nixon. But yeah, That's neat. she's got that, that voice that Hollywood would, would use. I don't know where that came from. That's a very fun, fun fact. Cool. I'm going to go listen to her. Anyway, the uh, but back to why I sing this song. I sing this song because I am not this guy. Uh, I've dated you know, two people in my whole life. My wife and I <laughs> met early and we just grabbed each other. And so I, 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 I do it in a way to, to make fun of, of how little interaction I've had romantically. With hey, if it fits, it ships. And yeah. You guys worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's funny that his song makes you feel like <laughs> he's a Lothario because to me it seems like it's a it's an example of like the average non-relationships that you have. It's like I had a crush here. I had one fling there. I had this experience in college. Like to me, it just sounds like a very basic non ladies man kind of existence. But yeah, I'm but like, I'm I'm in your camp. I did not have to... that many people in my life that I like, you know, felt what do you call it a committed attachment to yeah who's this guy trying to impress is what i don't understand <laughs> why is he bragging so much yeah this is just scrawled on a bathroom wall that's all this is <laughs> so i guess right, it's so, a matter of perspective so that is the girls in my life sweet next, next part of the show is called this week's cover this week's cover I was surprised. I thought there would be a lot of covers of I Love L.A. out there. Uh, the Chipmunks covered it. But, That's fun. Yeah. But the one that uh, I'm going to share a, a link on uh, in, in, the, in the Twitter page is this was done by the band OMC. How Bizarre, How Bizarre. Oh, yes, definitely. Those guys did a cover of this. Apparently, it's on the soundtrack to the Mr. Bean movie. (laughs) Oh, I've seen the Mr. Bean movie. Yeah, but they take this kind of nice, a much mellower take on on I Love LA. So audience, you can go listen to that. 
All right, Abby, that's about it. You have been a great guest. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. You've been How a very can... fun host, and you've taught me a lot. I should just, yeah. I've been taking notes this whole time of things I'm going to look up later. <laughs> well, you know, if, go, go into the Randy's catalog with, with your eyes wide open because there's a lot I'm, of problematic stuff out there. I'm going straight to Wikipedia to read about the, the trials and tribulations of this man's life so that I can really understand these lyrics and where they're coming from. Yeah, the... Um, the the really really uh, the really really racist stuff is on the album Good Old Boys. And he says Yuck. I'm I'm singing it in the character of this guy from Alabama. But debatable. Um, you know what I'll do? I'll read a review of it instead of listening to it. I don't want to subject would, myself. That would be the safest <laughs> to hate way. speech. I, I I yeah. I'm not the kind of person that says, "Hey, I'm going to subject you to this." <laughs> Here's what you got to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing I didn't pick that on wheel over like the the wheel. Oh um, no, it is none of that stuff's on the wheel. The wheel right. is heavily edited. It's like yeah, it's like Dr. Seuss books. I none of the ones we have in our home are the ones that uh, portray racism, but I still pulled them from my shelf and I'm debating what to do with them. It's like I don't know. I'm on the fence here. But uh, but yeah, it's just a it's uh it's really helpful to get the whole picture of an artist. We never really had that, I don't think. Yeah. But through the 2021 lens, it's like we have all this access to information and people's past and we can decide have they evolved properly? That's constant debate with Randy. <laughs> Abby, how can people follow you? And Definitely you hang out with me on Twitter if you use that app. Curly Comedy is my handle. And I'm also on Instagram at Curly Comedy. I have some other social app presences, but I'm never there. So that's like, uh, I could say Snapchat, Pinterest, <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> MySpace, but you won't find me there. Those are more time capsules. Um, so, uh, so yeah, we can. I engage regularly with people on Twitter and Instagram, and also you can enjoy Up Early Tonight on Hulu if you want me to make you laugh from the comfort of your couch. Also, I have live comedy shows I perform virtually, and if you're in the New York area live before, you know, touring may happen at some point, but um, for now you can just stay tuned to that on either of those social platforms. You can find out where to see me perform next. Excellent. And guys, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. And thank you very much, Abby. Thank you. Hey, that was a pretty good episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network. Couple of acknowledgments. Thank you to Brian Mays for our artwork. You can find Brian online. He says Facebook's the best place to get hold of him. You search for Brian Mays Art and you'll find him. Thank you to Dalton Stewart and Vince Spencer for some extra voices for this episode. Thank you to Alex Sanchez for our Second Chances theme music. Thank you to Matt Farley for our intro music. You can find lots of Matt songs online at Moturn Media. That's M-O-T. E-R-N Media. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That's me. That's my day job. We are registered civil engineers in Oklahoma and Texas. We specialize in water and sewer engineering for small to medium-sized communities. Uh, a couple of things that we're focusing on right now is hydraulic modeling. Uh, every town needs a computer model of your water system or you're paying too much in your homeowner's insurance. Long story. The other thing we're specializing in is risk and resiliency studies. Every town needs to have a risk and resiliency study turned into EPA by this summer. If you haven't done it, 
Hurry. Give me a call. Eh, if you're from Oklahoma or Texas. Legally, I can't help you otherwise. 405-426-7634. And our new background music that you're listening to right now is Good Morning Little Schoolgirl by Sonny Boy Williamson. Number one. That's our show. Now I'm done. It's Wheel of Randy.